Yuck. A tie? How do we even react? The Giants had a chance to beat the Commanders on a last-second field goal in overtime, but could not prevail. But hey, they didn't lose, so I guess that's a plus, right? We'll break down the 2020 tie at MetLife Stadium, the good, the bad, the ugly, and where Big Blue stands now in the NFC playoff race. We'll also hear from you, the listeners, the Giants fans, as we read your Twitter reactions to the tie. It's all next on Blue Rush from the New York Post. And it's presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Welcome to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. This episode of Blue Rush is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Be iconic. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. I'm Brandon London, here alongside Giants beat writer for the New York Post, Paul Schwartz, and two-time Giants Super Bowl champion Lawrence Tynes. Ah, the Giants tied the Commanders 20-20. to 20. I mean, I don't know how to feel about this. I'm like Jahai War, who said at the end, like, I don't know how to feel about a tie. It's not a win. It's not a loss. A lot of people online, I guess the vitriol online is like, this is a loss. I don't know how you guys feeling about this. Someone, one of y'all jump in right now because it's, we got a lot to talk about from this game, a lot to unpack. Paul, let's go with Paul first. Paul, you're at the game. You're in the uh, locker room after. What was the overall vibe from MetLife Stadium that you felt after this uh, Giants tie? Well, it's not a loss. You know what I mean? If it was a loss, they'd be behind Washington right now, and they're not. So it's not a loss. But as I was writing the story, I was writing it like they lost, you know, I mean, in my head. And then I started, you know, hearing the Washington commander quotes, and I'm like reading their quotes and hearing what they're saying. And it's like they're talking like they lost. And I said, oh, yeah, both sides think, you know, no one's happy with this. I covered the last Giants tie, which was in November of 1997 against Washington at FedEx Field, 7-7. It was a brutally awful game, best remembered for, you guys remember Gus Farratt, their quarterback, who ran in for a touchdown, celebrated by slamming his head against the wall and gave himself a concussion. (laughs) So I'm not making fun of concussions, but... I think a lot of Giants fans feel like they gave themselves a concussion watching this game. Yeah, it's tough. I've never tied a game, obviously, in, in pro football or any level of football. So it does feel like a loss. The way the game went, you know, there were so many missed opportunities for the Giants. And to come out and play the way they did in the second half, you know, Coach Coughlin famously said, opportunities are never lost. Someone else always takes them. Well, nobody took them today because they've tied. But again, The opportunity was there for this Giants football team to get a big, big win and start December off on the right foot. And they just obviously will discuss this as we go through the show. But the second half was about as bad as I've ever seen uh, from this team, from this 2022 New York Giants football team on offense. It was pretty miserable. And I think that's why, at least on our side, you feel like it is a loss because We're so used to this team being a second-half football team. We're so used to this team when they went on the win streak and they were beating the teams that 
A lot of people at the, at that time didn't think they could beat. They weren't making mistakes. They weren't dropping balls. They weren't messing up, shooting themselves in the foot. The play calling was on point. The coaching was on point. And I'm not saying that it's not right now, but I, there's a lot of times where they're in this game where it's like the coaching can't make up for the mistakes that are being made. And that you've seen them overcome so much in the past and now after losing two straight and then this and then not coming out with the win on this one, it does feel like a loss. It, you do. It did feel the energy when people were leaving the stadium. It felt like a loss in that sense. Now, I know they're going to go back to the tape. You're going to go look at some things and there's going to be the we could have, we should have. we. And that's a situation. But when you're a team like this and we're talking meaningful football in December and you're talking about really getting yourself into the playoffs and really giving yourself some sort of breathing room so you're not having to win every game towards the end this is one that slipped through the hands and again and when I say slip through the hands I mean drop balls I mean slip missed tackles all those things each week fellas that we say that the Giants cannot do when it comes to winning football games and that just it happened again luckily like you say Paul it wasn't a loss but at the same time it wasn't a win and the way that this team's been playing, they deserve and they need wins. Walking off the field, I asked if you guys, Kayvon Thibodeau, classic young 20s, you know, vibe. He said, super random. He said, this felt super random. You know, he didn't, he really, really didn't know how to feel. O'Shane Zimenez, who, who played pretty well in this game, he said, it was kind of like blah. And your guy, Lawrence Graham Gano, said, after he misses that field goal, and I want to get into that too, you know, in the, the mindset of a kicker, you know, having such a difficult kick to try to win the game. He said the defensive end for Washington, you know, he lines up, he kicks it, it's short. And the defensive end for Washington, he's, he didn't know who it was exactly. He said, looked up at Graham and said, what happens now? And Graham wow. said, the game's over. And he said, really? He said, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Graham said, yeah, that's it. That's it. We can leave now. And Kayvon also said, he said it was weird. There was no cheering and there was no booing. It was kind of like, okay, let's go. But I think really fans inside were very disgusted. Saquon Barkley had seven carries for three yards in the second half. I maintain they cannot win if he doesn't not only run well, but you know, be a dominant runner, be a force. It's just too much. I mean, I don't even know. I can't even qualify. I can't even figure out how Daniel Jones played. I mean, I don't know. At one point he was what, 17 for 18, and the only incompletion was a, was a spike? I thought he played great. He was the only player they had on the field outside of the defense. I mean, what else is he supposed to do? Thank he throws you. the ball to Slayton. Slayton's yeah. got to catch that football. He throws the deep shot, obviously, early in the game that he gets. The game book says Saquon had one yard in the second half, not three. It says it he has five carries for one yard. That's 7.2 inches per carry. Think about that. Like, that's hard to do. One yard. The offensive line was terrible in the, in the middle. The guards and centers did not play very well overall. The tackles handled business, but the interior offensive line got, you know, listen, they're going up against two really good players, but they those two guys wrecked the running game all day. And I'm not going to put this on Saquon. There was a lot of times where he had nowhere to go. But certainly in the second half, you have to think the second drive to me where the game turned, the second drive of the third quarter after we strip sack. Heineke, we go in, we score, kick off, we get the ball back again, and we get an eight-yard completion to Bellinger. Okay, second and two. We didn't get it. 
We punted, and the game from there took a nasty turn because you cannot give up those possessions. You know, what was it, six punts and one missed field goal in their last seven possessions outside of the kneel down? Once they had this, you know, the 20 to 13 lead, right? Once they had that, they had so many opportunities. You could tell one field goal in the game is over. Once it is a two-score well, game, it is over. You know, now Heineke's got to throw the game. They, they're going to win the game. And so many chances. They got the ball on the, on, on the their 42, the Giants. It's a hold on Bellinger. Ruins that series, right? Yeah. Then they get the ball on the Washington 47. He throws to Slayton for 12 yards. Now, 47 minus 12 is what? 35. You are well w- within Graham Gano's field goal range. Yes, you are. What did you guys think about the John Feliciano taunting penalty. We know what he was trying to do. I want to hear both your guys' thoughts as players. Tell me, should he be vilified or do you understand no, what he did? I understand the player. I understand the intent. But in this league, you at this point, you can get mad because we root for the you. We want to see the Giants win. We want to have an upbeat podcast. But you also understand it's just like the, the rough and the passing penalties. They're going to call it. They don't know your intent when they see it. The NFL, no fun league. They see it. They're going to throw it. They're going to flag you for it. And it's just it just goes to show what you're saying. Missed opportunities. That right there was a missed opportunity. Again, the intent wasn't there. You're bigging up one of your flexing for one of your teammates who at times struggles at times and, and has had a heck of a season for what we thought or what people thought he was going to have. So you want to feel good for your boy. You want to big up your boy, but at the same time, is that just classic bad giants football when the giants are playing bad football, because that's when that flag gets thrown times. Yeah. That was just wrong place. Wrong time. It's unfortunate. I, yeah. I'm not mad at Feliciano. I don't think you can be. Why can't you be mad at him? Because it's an emotional game. And he was acting on emotion to go celebrate with his teammate. And the ref had a, you know, a bad day. Look, I'm not ripping the guy to hell, but this is the rule. You know, you could, you could, the rule stinks. Well, first of all, John Mara is a big proponent of this. Do you think, let me ask you this. Do you think if he went with the chest flex over the bicep flex, he he wouldn't have got called? Oh, the biceps would get you in trouble. If if he went with the chest flex, he might not have got called. Weave through commander's players to get to his player to flex. You can't do it. The officials aren't saying, we're not like. I'll I'll say that was his biggest mistake because I did see he ran a covered about a 10 or 12 yard distance to go into the scrum. Here's a stat that sticks out to me, though, in the second half. And this is what Giants coaches are going to talk about. The average drive start on all the drives in the second half for the commanders, 14 yard line. Giants, 38. So it wasn't like they had to move the ball very far to get some field goals from Graham. That's the opportunity that was lost. Like, I mean, you're basically starting at the 40, the whole second half. That defense played their tails off. I got to give them a lot of credit. Some new guys in there, right? Zion uh, at Gilbert, nickel, at nickel, yeah. Listen, he got he he got beat a couple times, but he he made some nice plays. Obviously, you missed Darnay Holmes today, but some guys stepped up and played okay. That defense continues to be on the field way too much, you know, way too long. And the offense just can't keep a drive going. But I will hear zero Daniel Jones slander. None. None whatsoever. He's the only player on that team that consistently shows up every week. Sure, he had a fumble in the first half. So what? But he's the only guy. Look at his total numbers. 
you know, 270 yards. He rushed for more yards than Saquon did. He made a lot of plays with his feet. He continues to to put this team on his back as much as he can. But, you know, I thought they just couldn't get the run game going. That, again, you have to. This team has to get the run game going if they don't. You know, obviously they don't they don't win games. And we've been calling for Kafka to use Daniel Jones in the run game a he lot did. more. And and I hate I don't like it. My the things I had, maybe this as a receiver, is when you call those QB draws, when it's just set up for him to run. I want some sort of passing option on there. I want him to be able to scan. And you see him doing such a better job of keeping his eyes downfield. And then he'll just take off. It's like they told him and coached him up this week that, hey, you're weird. This is against a, a D lineman with four first round draft picks. That window is going to go a lot faster than what you want. And again, 12 for 71 rushing. He did a lot of great things today. And I, I don't the, the, the slander online is killing me it's in easy. past years. Yeah, he kind of deserved it. But this year, I think no one should be doing anything if, but lifting Daniel up in that sense and realizing that a quarterback without true weapons, he, he, he's, he's a dead fish well, in the water. You, it's because you played, Brandon. You understand what he's dealing with. Saquon obviously did not have a great second half. And I'm not saying the blocking was ideal. But if you're a generational type of I want to be here for life type of player, third and second and two, third and two, you have to get that. When they give you that ball, you have to get that. Find a way. It's never going to be blocked up perfectly. So, you know, he needs to get going. First half was great. I don't know what happened in the second half with the run game. I haven't went back and watched it, but it was bad. I mean, what they have, 45 total yards to 220? The big discussion point in overtime was that punt. I, I like to discuss how I felt in real time, right? You had okay. he has he has a couple of completions to Hodgins, right? Who who's playing well? 10 yards, 12 yards, right? So there it's third and three on the Washington 45, right? They're in great shape in overtime. The time they're they're fine. And that they have that horrific play where Daniel gets the snap, and Richie James <laughs> is in the backfield, and Saquon is on the backfield, and they have a meeting in the backfield, and Daniel has to just it technically called a sack. So I think, first of all, Brian Dable was horrified by that play. It's not fourth and one, it's fourth and three, but at fourth and three from the Washington 45, I immediately am thinking, I'm writing down, they're going to go for it on fourth down. When he sends out the punt team, I'm like, what are you kidding? Is he punting here? You know, in a tie game in overtime, what is he playing for a tie? And then my colleague, who you guys know, Steve Serby, says to me, well, I think he should punt, you know, because if you don't get it, you are basically giving the commanders the game. If you don't get it, they're going to get 15 yards and kick a game-winning field goal. So what were your initial thoughts right there? Oh, my God, is he punting it or why aren't we going for it? Because like I said, I, I, I can see it both ways. I know fans are, you know, apoplectic that he should not have punted. Anything fourth and one and a half and below, I'm going for it. But like, but since they had that cluster messed up and on that third down, I think that turned him off from going for it. And it was just like, you know what? Let me get let defense. I need you one more time. I need you guys to go. And they made the stop. You know, they they did what they were supposed to do. But times are, I mean, this it's not a Madden play call right there, you know, in that sense. I thought I looked at that and said that was the right call for everything that had just happened in that moment. I would love to know if that was them playing like the Colts or the Titans, what they would have done, right? Mm. You question, you know, if it wasn't a division game, do you think they go for it? I thought it was the right move. And listen, we've kicked Gillian a little bit this season. He had a great game, phenomenal game today, inside the 20 punts. So he does his job. 
Very next play, Kayvon damn near knocks the ball loose, sacks him on the one or two yard yeah. line. And then you're thinking, okay, well, this is why you punt the ball, right? But of course, we get the ball back. Daniel makes a couple really nice throws, one to Richie James. I mean, that was a fantastic throw. They just couldn't get close enough, obviously, for Graham to uh, hit a field goal. That is always the tough end of the field to kick into. I don't know what the wind was doing today, but it doesn't really matter. That's just naturally the the end you always go into each game with and your distance for field goals is shorter going that way always. Of course, they won the toss and wanted the ball. It's probably why, you know, Washington kicked that way. Lawrence, um, um, your guy Graham said in warmups, he hit a 53-yarder off the crossbar. So, there so you that's go. where, you know, that's where he is. Yeah. targeting you know what i mean so look 50 like and he said look 50 we got to go for it he said he thought he hit it well he has no regrets about the way he hit it no he shouldn't he hit it straight it was right you know it would have been in if it was obviously closer but sometimes that that is a very tough end of the field to kick into it wasn't a lot of wind but he said there was some wind it's december it's cold bad side of the field i mean it's just yep. it's not it's not a kick he's gonna make you know it's right. not a kick anyone's playing. and sly missed you know sly's been on yeah. a tear right special yeah. teams player of the month he missed going that way too so yeah. that is always the end people miss that you know and another thing but people saying you know is dayball playing for a tie well let's remember he feels if he doesn't get out now you can say look if he doesn't feel comfortable with his quarterback on fourth and three then what good is it look it's not a run pass option there he's got to throw the ball or you know maybe roll out or something like that I mean, I didn't have a great amount of faith at them picking up a fourth and three. So Dable does have the tie in his back pocket probably there. So maybe yeah. it's not the right time to be reckless and say, you know, you're not losing the game. You're tying the game. You know, it's tough, but it's it was almost like they didn't play this week. Right. Like that's what it's going to it's like they didn't even play like because that was the kind of the team they were jockeying for position with. And it doesn't do them any harm tying. I know it doesn't feel good. I'm sure. But it, it doesn't help with like Seattle. You know, Seattle pulls out a big win today. Don't yeah. forget, this is about playoff positioning. Sure. Yeah. NFC. Yeah, I think. And, and you know, what? you know, it's one of those things on Twitter. Right? I don't want every, everyone's kind of got to back off of Brian Dable a little bit because it's not like he he coached scared. You know, he went for two against the Titans. You know, he's, he's, remember, they were calling him Brian Dayballs. Remember the even New York Post, it was like big balls for, for the back page and all in that sense. I think at that time, it, I, I really think at that punt, the reason why was because of that mess up on that third and three in that situation. And talking about the deep, can we, can we, can we go over and talk about the defense? Here's one thing that's going to hurt. And one thing that has been killing this defense, and I've been seeing it since the Detroit Lions game, crossing routes. They were trying to kill them with the stack four. It was a three by one, but they'd be stacked two and three. The second and third receiver would have a little stack four, stack formation, and then two would run right off of three's butt and they just run that cross and shallow cross with them. I think that's what teams are trying to get with Wink Martindale, get at him. And another thing they're trying to do, they're trying to sting him with the jailbreak screens on blitzing downs. They're trying to hit them with that as well. But five sacks, five sacks. If you would have told me, we've been talking about Giants defense needs to get pressure. Giants defense needs to get there. They were after Taylor Heineke. All night. You know, he made some big boy throws. You know, he's not that bad of a quarterback. You know, I know I said all the hype is there. No, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback, but he played a pretty, pretty decent game. Scary Terry McLaurin is scary Terry McLaurin. We talked about this in the preview show. They give up 168 yards a game rushing at home. What did Washington have today? 
165. Yeah. That cannot happen. It cannot happen. No. And it hasn't been talked about enough. This defense stinks against the run. I don't care five sacks. You can have five sacks. But when a team rushes for 165, this is now seven games at home. Go do the math. They're yeah. still on that pace of 165, 67 yards a game rushing against at home. That is pitiful. You're not going to win. And they've won some of those games. They won a lot of them. But, man, if they could just clean that up a little bit, you feel like they could maybe keep them off the field. But Washington leads the league in in drives against, plays against, right? We talked about that on the previous year. The offense only averages about 4.8 or 5 plays per drive. That's why there's a big discrepancy, 41 minutes to 20, whatever the hell the number is for the Giants. They have to somehow get this out of whack because or fix this because that defense – they're on the field too much. They're on the field way too long, and they're getting run on, and they get tired. But they certainly need to fix that run defense. It's been a problem all season. Well, they're going to have several new inside linebackers next year. They had a low draft pick, Darian Beavers, who would have been a starting inside linebacker, and he tore his ACL. You know, he would have been. Now, you know, he wasn't a first-round pick. Would he have been a great player? But he was – Early, early in camp, it was like, we like this guy. We are getting him ready. And, you know, when they got rid of Blake Martinez, it's like, we like this guy. And he got hurt. So that's for next year, obviously. Aziz Ojolari, you know, I mean, you know, we have to, I understand the run defense was not good. Um, Aziz in limited snaps, looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Great Play strip great. sack. And, you know, Kayvon is is definitely showing this first round chops. You know, that is exciting that maybe down the stretch, they can, you know what else, guys, I was thinking when they were getting all that edge pressure and, you know, crossing routes, as you said, Brandon, man, Dory Jackson and Xavier, oh. Lincoln, you know, two guys who went out with injuries that could have been avoided. And it's just, they win that game with those two guys. You know, they don't have enough on the back end. They don't do well at stopping the run. You know, I think Julian Love is playing well. He's overextended, don't you think? He's yeah, all over yeah. the place. You know, yeah. he is. He misses a tackle or two because he's got to do everything. So, I mean, look, there's no cavalry charge. Those guys are not coming back anytime soon. But, you know, Mike Kafka has to deal with plug holes in areas like interior of the offensive line and really not productive wide receivers for the most part. And Wink Martindale has to say, look, we're signing guys off the practice squad. You know, when Fabian Moreau, who I know you guys like, but when he is your number one cornerback, it's tough against Terry McLaurin. It's really tough. He's supposed to be a, a you know, a two or three. So they're, they're doing what they can with this roster. And um, as we mentioned the last few weeks, every win now is going to be hard to come by. Every yeah. single one yeah. of them. And they definitely let one, I don't know, slip through their fingers, but this is one that was winnable. You know, was next week against the Eagles going to be winnable? I have no idea. This was there. If they just made a few plays on offense, a few. That's all they needed. Yeah, that's all they needed. They needed one field goal. They did. They needed one or two plays, as you said, Lawrence. It's not like they were man. They're getting backed up. Again. You know, Tressway is backing them up at the ten yard line. Thirty eight yard line was their average drive start in the second half. That's crazy to me. With until a field goal kicker, once you get past midfield, yeah. he's he's dynamite. Missed opportunity for sure. You, you talk about plugging those holes. Um, Dory Jackson being out. Julian Love having to be all over the field. They're one two and one since Xavier McKinney went out. So that's another that's another big hole, big shoe, big cleat that that needs to be to be filled in that sense. And I mean, and and times you keep bringing up that well, what, a buck sixty eight at home, giving up against the, uh, the run. You got Philly coming in here next week, and then you got you got to go to back. You got to go to Washington 
Then you have to go to Minnesota. That's a heavy run team. Then you have the Colts who are playing the Cowboys right now, heavy run team. And then you have the Eagles again. I mean, they're either going to have to get uh, get healthy. You can't really change schemes too much right now. You are what you are in terms of the identity of your offense, defense, and your team. But you have to find a way right now to clean up. I mean, he doesn't seem like the coach that's going to go and MF this and MF that and, you know, in a team meeting or anything, but there has to be some sort of new motivation or some sort of new energy a breath and light, a breath of light into this team right now to clean up the drop balls, the penalties, the flex, where there's flexing of the chest, and in in the run game and and stopping the run. I was nervous about this Washington Commanders team. I'm nervous about the rest of this uh, schedule that comes up for this football team. So it's going to, this team's really going to have to show and really earn their their bread, earn their money on these next couple of games. And it's going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Should we get the reaction of Twitter here? Should we hear what the fans are thinking right now? Let's go to the cesspool. Yeah, it is quite the cesspool is actually a good word for it. But remember, the ties do play a factor. We've seen a 9-6-1 team get over a 9-7 team. This could come down to division record. Giants haven't won a game of the division yet, so that Commanders game when they play them again in two weeks and the Commanders back-to-back games against the Giants, that rare schedule will be a big one in uh, FedEx field. All right, here we go. The cesspool begins. All right. S underscore Blackman. So many chances to get a game winning field goal and questionable play calling after the bomb to Slayton that he dropped. It's a big <laughs> drop. We come back with two more. What? Um, <laughs> I love that. They went back to Slayton again, questionable. You know, I thought it was PI originally the replay. Obviously it wasn't, but I love that they went back to him. Here's the thing we need to do on offense, guys. If you think about how Washington went into Philly and beat them, they ran with two runners, right? Both running backs, Robinson and Gibson. They ran them hard. They ran them hard. The Giants have not involved Breida or Brightwell enough. And I'm telling you, it's going to take more than one back against Philly, against Washington next time they play them here in a couple weeks, and to win some of these games down the stretch because it's just maybe they didn't try Brightwell today. Maybe he is. Maybe he catches them off guard. Maybe he catches them. Saquon's not in. You have to get him more carries or Brita. I'm just telling you, I don't know why they're so married to Saquon as the sole back for every play, for every freaking formation, but you've got to get someone else involved because if you look how Philly lost, you got to take the blueprint. And that's what gives me a little bit of you know optimism when we play Philly this week is that Washington went into their place and beat them with kind of a similar type offense. Now, we don't have McLaurin and some of those guys, but we do a lot of things very similarly to Washington, and I think we can do it. But you're going to have to have two or three backs. Are they counting Jones as the back, I guess, maybe, because he's the 70-yard carry guy? But I'd like to see you know Brightwell or Brita get more carries. I don't know if that's the magic pill, but I certainly think it could help. Really quick, Jake, before you move. Paul, have you guys, have you guys in the locker room, the beat writers, talked to Brightwell and Brita and asked them, do they feel they should get more carries or why they aren't getting any carries? They didn't touch the ball today. We never try to stir up things like that. Are you kidding? <laughs> um, Brightwell is 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 a uh, it's a tough guy, tough nut to crack, you know, and he he doesn't really talk about his carries or anything. Brita is also kind of, you know, I do what they tell me. Um, I think he's a little surprised that he is not. I, I know he doesn't think he's going to get 15 carries a game, but 
You know, I thought it might be um, 18 and 8 10? or something like yeah. that. Or 10 yeah. or 20 and and, and 11. Um, you know, I, I think Breed is a pretty good player. I think he has a little zip to him. Um, maybe he it's does. A, maybe pass protection they don't like or they're just, I don't know. If but you think about uh, all of our great teams, it was always running back by committee to some extent. Whoever had the high hand, Ahmad, Brandon, Ward, it was just kind of a mix. You know, Ruben Drones had some. Danny Ware. Danny Ware. Uh, man, you just keep going down the line. You have to get as many carries as Saquon has had this year. You just have to kind of maybe take some of the load off of him because I feel like he's trying to do too much in a sense because, you know, he's the only guy they ever, you know, put out there. Yeah, you guys had Earth, Wind, and Fire. All we're asking for is Sonny and Cher, Jan and Dean, you know, one of yeah. my favorites. My dad played the set. Cheech and Chong. Or if we want to go down that route, you know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of combinations. All right, let's keep reading a few more. D underscore Exulanus. They need to quit playing so conservative on offense. I get they probably don't trust their personnel, but man, it has been bad lately. Guys, by Thursday's Blue Rush preview, Odell Beckham could be a giant. We're going to know in about 48 hours what team he's going to. So maybe that stops the conservative offense. So the underscore Twitter user, they already answered their own question. It's personnel. (laughs) I mean, that's why it's conservative. You cannot, you know, I will say this. I thought they pass protected pretty well. Yeah, they did. You know, Daniel you know. had some good time today. That wasn't leaky, but th- just when you can't get the running game going, it, we've talked about it forever, as long as football's been around, you can't throw it. And and look, here's the thing. Brian Dable's track record in the NFL is not conservative. This is not his DNA. His DNA this year is, I need to figure out how to win, how to win every single game, every single Sunday, and he is getting more conservative because he even mentioned it, you know, talking about him being gambling earlier. He said, well, it's later in the season now. You know what that says to me? He knows more about the team. When he went for two, you know, early in the first game, it's like he didn't know much about this team. He knows more about them now. And I think that's not necessarily a good thing for his confidence in the offense. All right. Another one, Beanie017 also said far too conservative in the second half on offense costs us a W. C. Harrison underscore NYG coaching lost this game. Tried to sit on a seven-point lead all half. Play to not lose horrible conservative offense in the second half. Okay, conservative offense. We just talked about it. With 145 left, they throw the ball deep down a field to the left side to Slayton, right? It's not an easy catch. He's a good player. He can make that catch, and he doesn't. The very next play, they throw the ball further on the right side. I think they're looking for a pass interference. They don't get it. That's I didn't think that was a great play. They used 28 seconds on that three and out. So that wasn't conservative. You know, that was not good football, but it wasn't conservative. The third and three punt, that's conservative. Yeah. That is. Yeah, the Feliciano unsportsmanlike, that's not conservative. That's just bad luck, right? They would have had the field goal. They would have got the two-score lead there. You're the Darius Slayton drop, that's not conservative. That's a drop. So that's something on the plate. But certainly their personnel limits them in terms of what they can do. Brandon, could, could Slayton have run through that a little more? He decided. He, he, jumped, to, he jumped too he early. He jumped too early. He jumped too early. Seemed like he could, up. could have taken another step and maybe not had to make that kind of a jump or something. If he would have taken one more step, then went up it would have been a lot easier to catch. But when you jump early, your body, it's like something in your head where you're trying to hang up there and your mind plays a little, your mind plays tricks with guys. He, he still caught, caught it and brought it in. He, he just was lost it, with it on, on the, the way down. It's just unfortunate for a guy who it's you're, you're the go-to guy now, you know, you're the go-to guy, but it's, it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta come down with that. Love that kid. Love his story. Love how he's battling through adversity, but he'll be the first one to tell you, I got to make that play. Don't forget, he was sick all week, too. Credit to him. 
He was sick. He's, 91 yards. Yeah, he's getting uh, um, he's dehydrated. He's worried about that. He was that they had some sickness going through that locker room. Yeah, feels like everyone's sick right now. So much for the holiday season. Steve Holt, WFFC said, costly mixed missed tackle, some questionable play calling on offense, a game we needed to win with some difficult fixtures coming up. Feel that could be it for the playoff push. Now, I think that's must a be one of our British yeah, viewers. That's a great. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I had a pint viewers. with them in uh, London. I had a couple of pints with them in London. Yes. When's next? Next week's friendly is home. No we kidding. Home Anytime friendly? you hear those words, those the key buzzwords, you know they're British, which is yeah. awesome that they're listening to our show. Well, so they, well, today was a draw, right? That's no big deal. It was a draw. It was There's a draw all the time. This draws no, all the time. No three points though in this group stage. No three points. Yeah, it felt like a World Eesh. Cup match. Um, mm. I actually uh, ran into a listener at a hotel in the city. He asked for a picture. He said he loves Blue Rush. A shout out. I forgot his name, but shout out to him. <laughs> what else do we got here from Neil Believes? I really wish they didn't play for the field goal at the end of the first half. Did that bother you guys at all? No, because tie going in tied versus turning the ball over to enter. I mean, who's your red zone guy? Like, we don't really have one in terms of throwing a jump ball. Bellinger's just coming back, but... I don't know. The the way the offensive line was playing, I was okay with that play. I think, you know, Brian said, Coach Dable said they they had a play. They just took it away, and, he, you know, yeah. Daniel yeah. made the right but decision. Look, there's a little bit of that. It, it's not all off Daniel Jones. Dable doesn't just say, look, put it in Daniel's hands, and we're fine. He'll figure it out. There's a little bit of a holdback, I think, still with this offense that he's kind of like, well – Let's minimize the damage. We'll go for the field goal. You know, it's just, you know, they're just not there yet. You know, he and rightly so. He doesn't have the confidence in that unit that a coach needs to. You know, it's just not there yet. But it, that, that was a moment, like you said, times, who's your red zone guy? That's a moment to see what we have in Isaiah Hodgins. That kid's going to be a player. I think he really is going to be a player. He has a nice feel for getting open and space and toughness right after a, a tough, you know, play against Detroit where he fumbles a ball. But, man, he is – I like him. There's something to him. I really think he'll be a giant for a little while, the way he competes. But the way that interior line was playing, guys, I mean, poor Nick Gates. Listen, he did not play well at all. He got abused all game long. Glowinski gave up a sack early. He settled down. But that interior was really to blame for a lot of the woes on offense. They just couldn't get anything going. The toss yeah. sweeps didn't work. I think they probably lost more yards than they gained on Look, the sweeps. Second and 12 with this team is no good. It's not no. good for a lot of teams, no. but it's second and 12, second and 13. You go back and look. Deadly. They're Deadly. at their best, yeah, when they're getting three or four yards on the first play, whether it's Daniel or Saquon or whoever, and then they you know, start getting down the field. But when they're behind the sticks, it's trouble. And Lawrence, like you said, Washington was second and five. Second and four, second and six, every play, every, every series, right? Yeah. Too bad. Just kind of looked at every time. Second and five, second and five, second and five. This is kind of the balance you want, right? Robinson had 21 carries for 96, and then Gibson had nine carries for 40. You know what? You, you would think the Giants would start. I don't know why they don't trust Brightwell or or Brita. I, I don't get it. A couple more NYG underscore Pete. We're game day ball needs to get on Kafka after that inexcusable play calling, and then Atlas Rise 56 said, Joe Judge calling plays today. I, saw that one. I, <laughs> I knew it, that was going to come out. Is it that dramatic, guys? No, it, it, it's uh, not that bad. Compared to how aggressive that they've been throughout the season, 
I can see why someone say it looked a little Joe judgy. You know, it looked a little Joe judgy, but nah, I, it's just one of those games. Again, they, they know the personnel. They know what they have. They had to be somewhat conservative this game. Yeah. yeah. A couple of people had different opinion. Worse than a loss. Other person said better than a loss oh, in the geez, end. Worse than a loss. I mean, it's better than oh, a loss. My God, Mary, this is really like two Hanukkah. losses. It's like two losses. Jeez. Yeah. No, and listen, no, NFC's up for grabs. Jimmy Garoppolo's out for the year too here. Yeah. So the 49ers were a major player. Mr. Irrelevant came came in and balled. You know yeah. why? Because he has six weapons around him. Yeah. Pretty easy. Yeah. Not easy, but it's easier. Easier. Yep. So many party puns for the San Francisco newspapers. Let's close with this. After this, uh, I almost said loss. After this tie, do the <laughs> Giants make the playoffs? I'm starting to get concerned. I really am. Panic button? No, not not yet. I just, uh, this opportunity stung. You know, the Detroit one stung at home. Dallas, you expected kind of maybe them to lose that game with the personnel and the injuries. So, I'm still hopeful. I'm not going to say no yet. I may change my mind after next week, but Philly game was big. It's a lot bigger now. Oh, absolutely. You know what? I picked them to win seven games this year. You know, as the first half was going on, I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's a misread. They're going to win a lot more than that. How many wins do they have? Seven. I think they'll win more than seven, but not as much. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. You can Mm -hmm. break down all these things. The Eagles twice. I mean, the Eagles are the best team in football. They got them twice. Minnesota at Minnesota. I've been there. Skull, skull, the, yeah. all that sound, all that stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, it's that's hard. Justin Jefferson, one yeah. guy just say, look what Jamar Chase did against the Chiefs today. I mean, yeah, it's a problem. You better call Corey Webster and see if he's got a. We need Webby. One we game. Need, I saw R Dub McCorders today. R Dub. We need Antrell. We need Butler. We need Aaron Ross. God. Sam Madison, I mean, <laughs> pull him off the sidelines. He's coaching uh, for before the Chiefs. You, guys, have it. you know, they really need Jason Seahorn. That's who they really need. Jason Seahorn, we'll get him. But Dory Jackson's close, right? So hopefully this week or maybe not. I don't think this week. I don't. Nah. I don't. Yeah. Well, A.J. Brown needs a rest. He probably won't play next week. Yeah. All right, Brandon, close us out. Do the Giants. Uh, yeah, they, they make the playoffs. Uh, they'll have two wins in them for sure. I think they'll beat the Colts and then the Eagles the last game, hoping that the Eagles rest their starters. Now with the 49ers out, there's really no one to kind of challenge them for that top spot in the NFC. So you're – you're kind of hoping, but at the end of the day, I think they'll squeeze one win of a game that we won't expect them to win, but they got to go back to the original formula with being aggressive. And it's just like, hey, no one picked us to go to the playoffs anyway. There's no more conservative play calling or anything. You just got to go balls to the wall. Well, the game ended in a tie. So let's go to the Scotsman to close out Blue Rush next. We'll figure it out. I mean, there's a long way to go. Better than if it was a loss. Not as good if it was a win. And that says cheerio to episode 128 of Blue to Rush, our Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Hartz for producing the show. And thanks to Tri-State Cadillac dealers for presenting this episode. Lawrence, the tie reminds me of the World Cup and the USA going down, but it also reminds me that the holiday season is here. And you know, I was in an Uber and the, the Christmas music is already playing. What's your opinion here on Christmas music? In the beginning of December. Ah, it's lovely. You know, it calms you down if you've got a wee bit of nerves going or a little anxiety. I absolutely love a little Christmas music, a little jingle here and there. Please subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your bloody pods. 
For Brandon London, Jake Brown, I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes. We return to your eardrums on Thursday for the preview show on Blue Rush as we look ahead to the Giants' MetLife matchup against those bloody Eagles. Damn, they're very good too. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, folks.